Welcome to the Arts Entrepreneurship Podcast, making art work. We highlight how entrepreneurs align their artistry, passion, and vision to create and pursue opportunities to capture value in the arts. The views expressed by guests on the Arts Entrepreneurship Podcast are solely their own and do not necessarily represent the views of the podcast or its hosts. The appearance of a guest on the podcast, the venture they represent, or reference to any product or service does not imply an endorsement or recommendation by the podcast or its hosts. The content provided is for entertainment and informational purposes only and does not constitute business advice. Here are your hosts, Andy Heiss and Nick Petrella. Hi, everyone. My name is Andy Heiss. And I'm Nick Petrella. Today, we have the founders of the Owen Cox Dance Group, Jennifer Owen and Brad Cox. They founded their company in 2007 to create dance and live music collaborations and engage the widest possible audience through affordable live performances, education, and outreach programs. Jennifer and Brad, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Nick. No, thanks for having us. Let's begin by having you tell us a little bit about yourselves, how you met, and why you decided to collaborate. Well, um, Brad and I met back in uh, 2000, and um, I was going tango dancing at Fedora's because I had some friends in uh, the tango ensemble that would perform there every Wednesday night, and people would dance. Um, I was dancing with the Kansas City Ballet at the time. Um, I had had... I have a ballet uh, background and had a 13-year ballet career, um, but at the time I was going um, socially to have fun tango dancing, and Brad was uh, new in the ensemble, and he caught my eye. And, and um, uh, <laughs> a, um, a mutual friend of ours that's a musician uh, introduced us, and um, the rest yeah. is history. <laughs> yeah, so I think we got married in 2003. Yeah. And um, we have a seven and a half year old. And um, mm. I think our first project together was actually um, for the Kansas City Ballet. They nice. had an in the wings choreographic workshop where dancers in the mm. company could choreograph um, on the other company members. And so Brad and I uh, had our first collaboration in 2002, Two. was it? Was it I, I, yeah, I, I think, think so. so. 2002. And then we did another one the following year for the same, uh, same okay. workshop. And we just really enjoyed working together. So, um, you know, we just liked each other a lot. Well, you know, we're in love. We're, right. yeah, we, we, we like each other. <laughs> but we also really liked working together. Yeah, professionally. It was a very um, uh, fun collaboration and very artistically rewarding. And um, we performed with live music um, kind of from the get-go. Um, in yeah. fact, members of the Tango Ensemble performed in our first piece yeah. uh, with us out at Johnson County Community College. And um, so it just kind of took off from there. And in 2006, um, I had been dancing for ballet companies for 13 years and I was at a point when I was wanting to um, take on new challenges and kind of ready to hang up the point shoes so to speak um, and I knew I wanted to choreograph and so Brad and I decided to try to launch um, kind of a debut performance and do something larger scale and originally the plan was to do maybe one project a year um, yeah. And so in 2007, we um, had our first performance at the City Stage Theater in Union Station, and we just um, kind of took off from there. Yeah, it was so in enjoyable that even though the initial plan was to do about one project a year, 
we got done with it and kind of thought, wow, when do we get to do this again? And yeah. so pretty quickly, something that, that we thought would just be a little side project became sort of the, the major focus of our endeavors. Yeah. And so this notion of collaboration, you know, that's how you guys started working together. And it's, it's part of your mission as uh, Owen Cox dance group. Um, and, you know, that's evident through the work that you've done, uh, collaborations with costume designers and new music ensembles, chamber ensembles, visual artists, um, and even commissions through the Nelson Atkins Museum for a couple of projects. Um, how do you, so when it comes time to do a new project, how do you approach new collaborations and what do you look for in partners? Um, for me, the important thing is um, feeling uh, like it's a really good artistic collaboration and admiring the work of the individual or the uh, the group that we're um, going to be collaborating with and just knowing that there's going to be a, an element of trust, um, that their work is very high quality um, and special, and so it'll take our work kind of in a new direction and create something beautiful and um, very rewarding. So that's kind of first yeah. uh, in our... Yeah, I, I think that 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 has to be the the top priority. Um, yeah, and then you know, in addition to that, then if there are other measures like ways that it could build audience for both ensembles mm. or both organizations, or ways that it could expand our, our reach in the community or things like that, then that's that's obviously a, a plus as as well. Sure. Um, you sure. know, it, I mean, we, we had one actually just recently where I suggested a, a musical ensemble that. Um, uh, that I thought would be interesting to work with. Um, and as uh, e- even though it hit those kind of those other criteria very well, that it would sort of expand reach and things like that, as Jennifer listened to the music, she thought, gosh, I, I don't see myself choreographing to this. I like the music a lot, but I don't see how I would add something to this music with choreography. Gotcha. And, so, and so with that one, we you know, decided, oh, well, I guess we won't, won't explore that one, you know? Yeah. Not right now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then, so uh, kind of a unique collaboration we did that was not um, kind of an artistic, um, uh, it was an artistic group, um, Gilda's Club, uh, KC. Mm. They provide uh, support services for people with cancer and their families. Um, and so we did a, a music and dance and spoken word collaboration with them where stories of Gilda's Club members um, were shared with us. And then we then created a, a production um, that celebrated um, them and the work that they do. Um, and that was really rewarding. Um, I wasn't sure how it was going to turn out um, just kind of going into it, but it was just one of the most uh, kind of uh, rewarding experiences I've had. Yeah, um, was, it, that was wonderful. And, and, and it was unique in that it wasn't an arts organization that we were partnering with mm-hmm. on that one. Yeah. Did yeah. the group start out as a nonprofit or did that happen after the group existed for a while? We did start out as a nonprofit. That was that was the idea for the structure the, the whole time. And I think largely because just most of the other uh, organizations similar to, to ours 
were not were nonprofits, and that seemed to make the most sense to us. Initially, for our debut performance, we were umbrellaed by um, CoArts, yes. which was a nonprofit okay. a friend of ours ran, ran and um, so we were able to receive donations and have them be tax deductible and apply for a few mm-hmm. grants um, yeah. and have that be um, be eligible to apply for grants. Yeah, and I, I would definitely suggest that to uh, to people that are that are maybe thinking about this. Try to find an umbrella organization first. You know, do a few uh, projects and make sure that it's something that you want to yeah. <laughs> that you actually want to be doing because because it is a lot of work to to maintain sure. the nonprofit side of it. Mm-hmm. And and since then, I mean, uh, later than we have actually acted as an umbrella for some other. Uh, organizations that uh, yeah. in in the same same fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Kansas City Dance Festival reached out to us. Um, was it 2013? Was the first so. uh, first year? And so yeah, we're happy to kind of be able to provide that support. Um, and yeah, that's great. It, what you're referring to is fiscal sponsorship. Yeah. Yes. 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 Sorry, yes. umbrella. Exactly. I know it sounds like something. <laughs> no, that's 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 good. We've we've had a couple on on the show. We've had a couple other people uh, talk about fiscal sponsorship as well. Um, and to your point, right? Validate your mission and and what you're doing before you put all of the work into, um, sweat equity and everything else that goes into building that that five hundred one c three organization. Sure. Yes. Sure. Sweat equity is a great term. <laughs> we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk more yeah. about that. Yeah. And is that easy to do with the, with the fiscal sponsorship for people who may want to take advantage of that? Um, yeah, I think it's finding um, the right fiscal sponsor where their project fits within that mission. It can be a little tricky depending right. on whether um, there might be competition for grants or donors. Mm. Um, so you have to kind of get those things uh, discussed ahead of time to avoid any um, kind of conflicts of interest or yeah. um, what some funders call double dipping, you know, <laughs> where it's like, well, we're just, we already gave you a grant for this and now you want to, pro- you know, for this project that you're umbrellaing, but um, yeah. yeah, so um, but generally, it's been a very positive um, positive experience. Sure, and sure. and and it feels good, to, you know, from our perspective, if we can do that for somebody to uh, because we've been around for a number of years, and and so if we can offer some kind of support or or, or help in yeah. that way, that's good. <laughs> When I would imagine, in this case, like a dance festival, that was probably also beneficial for your dance group, for Owen Cox Dance Group. Oh, absolutely. Yes, certainly, yeah. certainly. Yeah. And it, it's great exposure, and it would allow me to right. participate in a performance right. and create a new work on dancers yeah. that are coming in from around the world, really. Sure. Um, so, yeah, it's a win-win yeah. for, for us. Yeah. So, uh, since 2007, how have you sustained the organization? I imagine, uh, just like lots of nonprofits, you have a mix of earned income and contributed income. Um, so what's that look like for Owen Cox Dance Group? Exactly. Yeah, we get um, not as much as we'd like from actually earned revenue. Um, ticket sales are a portion, I would say, about 15 to 20% yeah. of our okay. uh, revenue. Um, the bulk of our uh, income is from donations and foundations. Um, and government grants. I'm sorry, our dog is walking that's away. That's okay. It's all good. That That's part of it. Um, so, and I think uh, keeping things going, like we're in our 15th season, which is right. wonderful. Um, keeping in mind, trying to keep our 
uh, performances and projects within our capacity. So some years are better than others financially. Sometimes we take on larger scale projects, which are a bit risky. Um, we might have a deficit. We might have um, surplus one year. It kind of depends. And to be perfectly honest, um, you know, Initial, in the initial years, Brad and I often wouldn't take our pay. We wouldn't take our salary because we needed to make sure everybody else got paid. And if there was money left over, then we could take our salary, even though the board had put it in the budget. Um, and so, I mean, there have been years when it's been really tricky. Yeah. Um, and, and we got actually some uh, very good advice very early on um, from a, a couple of people that I really respect in, in the nonprofit community. Um, uh, Paul Mesner. Uh, of Mesner Puppets and um, and George Harder, who started um, the uh, musical theater heritage, and, and both of them wow. told us <laughs> in no uncertain terms, make sure you pay yourself because you, you You'll can burn out. you can only do that for so long before you. Yeah. <laughs> so so we, yeah, we did that, we we paid yeah. ourselves. <laughs> yeah, and there's that sweat equity piece, right? That, that oh came yeah, up just a minute ago. Yeah. Yeah, there, there was a lot of that. I mean, there was definitely a, a pretty steep learning curve because we were doing so much of the uh, administrative and grant writing right. component ourselves. Um, that, um, so that there was a lot to be learned there. Sure. Yeah, it's a segue into the next question. So now that you're established, you have a board and, and staff. But when you started out, you didn't have that luxury. What was it like when you were working in the group as dancers and musicians, and at the same time trying to get the company off the ground with all the activities that entails? Wow, that's a really good question. Um. <laughs> it was it was a lot. Um, um, I, I I think though the the uh, um, j- just the drive we felt to get the performances on the stage it just kind of made us feel like. What whatever this other paperwork side of it is that I don't really understand right now, I'm, or want to do, I, I, right. or want to do, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm going to figure out how to do it. You know, I, yeah. I and there, there there are a lot of resources out there. I, that that's one thing that I would would definitely encourage anybody who's trying to do something like this. You know, always always talk to the people that have already done it well because almost everybody is really nice about sharing the information and 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 pointing you in the right direction. And we have the benefit of living together, you know, eating meals together. So, I mean, especially before we had our child in 2014, our dinner conversations would involve, you know, the artistic side of a piece we're working on or what grants are due or when are we going to do this or, you know, who should we ask to help, (laughs) you know, with. So there was not a lot of um, separation. Um, So the lines weren't even blurred. There just weren't any lines. There weren't any lines. (laughs) No, no. And I, I love working with Brad. So I feel very fortunate that, you know, I I trust him, his input. And um, uh, so the grant writing was something that we both did together, like right from the get go. Um, And it was a huge learning curve um, to be able to uh, submit grant proposals. And they're all a little bit different. Foundations, um, government grants require um, different attachments, different narratives, certain word counts. Um, So it's a lot of Oh, a lot of work, yeah. and, um, and and a lot of people helped us with those things too. I mean, the, you know, just a lot of uh, people that we know that we could you know send something to and say, hey, would you proofread this for for yeah. us? And and they were, you know, that's that's just so incredibly helpful. I, I think with the grant writing, um, Jennifer and I are a little bit uh, fortunate in the the way that we ap- approach things and the way that we write. We kind of complemented one another in the in the ability to. Uh, 
to make that work well. But but yeah. definitely having those other uh, other sets of eyes uh, on the grants, and, you know, to, for the proofreading and things like that was incredibly helpful. So you said, and honestly, even though you know we're in our fifteenth year and we've had some contracted grant writers in the past, I'm still back at writing the grants for the company, and our educational outreach director does the grants for her side. Brad actually helps with that as well because we have a new educational outreach director who's kind of getting her feet wet in the grant department. But we've just had more luck because we're so close to the work, Mm -hmm. and we can just kind of write. you know, in more detail and with more passion about what the project is or the work that we're doing. Um, And when you're contracting somebody to write those grants, there's that little bit of a disconnect. Um, And then sometimes you're paying the grant writer and you don't get the grant. And so (laughs) (laughs) there's that. So so you mentioned it was a, you had a learning curve. What was the learning curve? Was it the succinct narrative or what was, what did you have to work on? I'm also well, and just just to tag onto that, I'm also thinking like just finding the grants for which you are going to apply, right? Right. Yeah. So um, I think like building the narrative um, to describe our company and you know what makes us different from other dance ensembles in the community. Um, So now we have kind of a track record and um, verbiage um, and descriptions and a mission and. Um, you know, we've worked on strategic plans along the way. Um, we can draw from those experiences and, and past applications, um, even mm-hmm. though we're, you know, working on new projects. Right. Um, a, a lot of uh, figuring out which grants to apply for at, at the very beginning just came from uh, research looking at local ensembles and seeing okay. uh, who, who is everybody else getting grants from. Well, maybe we should right. apply for those too. Um, uh, and there, there are some resources, uh, you know, even just through the public library as well, if, as far as um, uh, national grants and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, I, I would say that the, as far as the learning curve, maybe there were uh, maybe two distinct tracks that I think of for that anyway. One, one was with all the, the grant writing and that sort of thing. And the other was uh, the, uh, the financial statements and all, and all of that, because I, I had no clue about about that at the beginning. Sure. I didn't even know what an income statement should have looked like. I still find them I, really you know, complicated, and I start to zone out when I look at them. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we were very fortunate in that my, my brother... Um, Works doing financial analysis, so uh, he he had perfect. a he had a a very good understanding of what those statements needed to look like, yeah. and um, so that was incredibly helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just yeah. think um, you know one important thing is the relationships that we have um, within the community have been really essential to our growth and success and, and our work um, because it really does take um, you know the community and people to um, help you moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. And you have to have to just be okay with asking what seem like dumb questions, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's sure. okay. Yeah. So following along the theme of income sources, what have you learned over the years about effective ways to find and engage donors? I think it's important to find people that really are passionate about um, the mission or the organization and maybe familiar with the work that you do or um, being able to bring them to a performance or to one of our educational classes in one of the schools or the end of the year performance um, for the schools so that they can see firsthand. Um, And it's really finding people that um, can connect with that and are passionate about that. Um, And... I think building relationships too, um, uh, personal relationships with our donors and funders, um, that's really, really important. Um, Having that 
connection and continued relationship. But I think in, in developing donors, it's um, important to get out as much as you can. I know it's really hard to um, uh, do that now with the pandemic, but Obviously. going to networking um, opportunities, uh, you know, just being as social as you can um, and then, you know, just meeting new people and making new connections and um, I mean, just the other night we were at a friend's kind of Thanksgiving and um, two of the guests, one worked at um, William Jewell and he said, oh, we have a great facility here. You should check out the theater. And then his partner said, um, uh, he works for the Kaufman School and we would love to have our educational program take the stage, uh, be at the Kaufman School. So um, just making those personal contacts yeah. and then it kind of helps to uh, move in new directions. Yeah, sure. yeah, and that 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 definitely comes easier to some people than others. Jennifer is very, very, very good at it. I tend to hang back a little bit more, but you know, in in that situation, we're sure. very fortunate that she's she's good at, at talking to people and and enjoys it. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. This concludes part one of our interview with Jennifer Owen and Brad Cox. Please join us next week for part two. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Visit artsentrepreneurshippodcast.com to learn more about our guest and how you can help support artists, the arts, and this podcast. Mm-hmm.